0: what the hr podcast and i am jesse novi and hr business partner with ch robinson
1: and i'm mike tool twin city sherman board member and HR technology consultant with SAP SuccessFactors. We are back with Kevin Mosher, HR employment attorney. Today, he is going to be giving us a compliance update on pay equality. Kevin, thanks for joining us again. Yeah, all compliance all day.
0: I love it all day back. long. Yeah.
1: Um, for those <laughs> listeners that maybe missed the first one, why don't you do a, a quick little bio and tell everybody who you are. Sure,
2: yeah. My name is Kevin Mosher. I'm a partner at the law firm of Thompson Co., Cousins & Irons. It's a national law firm. Um, I run the Minnesota office. And uh, I am a MSBA-certified labor and employment law specialist. And um, all I do is HR law. So I I represent, you know, businesses, organizations, companies uh, dealing with HR issues all day long.
1: So today we're going to do a compliance update on pay equity. Um, something we hear a lot about. So uh, I'm just going to turn it over to you. Tell us what's new. Uh, what do companies need to look out for and uh, what happens yeah, if something happens? Yeah, I would think, I, I, you know, I would say, you know, when we're
2: looking at some of the hotter topics that have been going on, um, pay equity is is one of them. I think it's really being driven by uh, demographics. Um, it's been a long time, you know, since there were more college grads that were males than females, but now just generally in the in the population in the workforce, we have we have more females than than um, than males, um, and certainly on the educated side, we have way more females than we than we have males. So I think a lot of this is being driven by by the demographic switch uh, change. I do think you know people slam on millennials. Um, all, all the time. I think one of the things is generational. Um, millennials are way more likely to be, you know, comfortable talking about compensation and wages. For better or worse, sometimes it's super uncomfortable. But, but, you know, I think that's a topic that's not as taboo for them. And so I think there is more willingness to, you know, just generically to stand up and say, hey, this, you know, this isn't right. So I think there's a lot of, there are just a lot of factors that are going into why pay equality these days, not that pay equality hasn't been, I mean, it's been a noticeable problem for a long time. Um, And the issue with pay equality is that, is that, you know, generally females are paid less than, than males. And, you know, anecdotally, you can think of probably, you know, people, you know, uh, family members or people that you've heard in the media, you know, where women are being paid, you know, significantly less than, than male counterparts. And, and, you know, so that's been, you know, equal pay laws have been out there for a long time, but, I think there's been a lot more movement toward pay equality and toward toward try to trying to like right that wrong, um, and uh, and I always notice when I when I do seminars in person. So I know we're we're here like you know podcasts and everything, but <laughs> when I do seminars in person, it is about the most popular thing that I say when I'm like you know when women just generally are paid less because all you know the HR people, it's like three quarters of them are women right. in the yeah, audience. Yeah. It's like you know mm-hmm. everybody's drinking the Kool Aid with me, but. But it is it's I mean, I, I think the statistics play it out for the most part that the the wages between men and women really start to separate around in their mid 30s. And whether it's because, you know, women are taking some time off to, you know, raise families or whatever it is. But the differential between between pay really starts to separate. And so pay equality is just one of these issues that I think is has been, you know, pay equality and pay transparency. Um, There's been a lot of movement with some states. There's been a lot of just, you know, media, social media, um, you know, a lot of famous, famous people, you know, out there really kind of pushing, pushing this issue to try to just do something. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, you know, we've had a lot of updates, you know, in the last, in the last year or so. So we had the EEO one component two data, kind of a debacle, um, where the EOC under the Trump administration didn't want to do component two data. And component two data, I I really don't want to get into (laughs) details those employers who are on this you know listen to this podcast know fully well what component due data is which is you know separating out into bands and wage bands and having to do like you know much more detailed reporting um well it looks like that's going to be a one-off mm-hmm. so the OC, you know right right around when it was due um when the component due data was was set to be to be finalized and and uploaded to the eoc the the eoc um, you know, put out new rules saying that they don't want to do it do it anymore. I suspect if we have a democratic administration, that will come back, so employers can can get a little bit of a breath in 2020 mm-hmm. uh, on component can, two data, but probably not. In Kevin,
0: does does that only apply to employers that are OFCCP compliant?
2: No. Um, well, so interestingly. Um, no, it's, it's all employers that have to do the EEO one reporting. So any, any employer with, with a hundred or more employees. So there's a a lot of employers out there, a big population. Yeah. Beside just the contractors, federal contractors. Um, but interestingly, the OFCCP, um, Federal contract, yes. yeah, <laughs> lots of acronyms and too many, <laughs> but the uh, the agency they so in November December to so you know at the end of 2019 came out and said, hey, um, you know what, we're not going to really review your component two data to see if you are discriminating based on based on wage wages to your you know to your employees, um, so I mean it was kind of a relief I guess to employers, but. Also, kind of sucked for people who were really pushing that the federal contractors right. would kind of have their feet held to the fire on on um, wage equality issues. So, like I say, this is a political hot potato. It'll change, uh, you know, if and when the administration changes. Um, so, we, we it might be totally different in two thousand twenty one uh, or in two thousand whatever you know five years, four or five right. years later. Yeah. is if uh, if Trump is uh, is reelected. So.
0: I don't want to take us too much off topic, but um, something spurred when you were talking about millennials and just this, you know, comfortability, if you will, and talking about pay. And one of the things that I'm surprised surprised by, and maybe I shouldn't be because I'm in HR, so I get exposure to this more than others who are not, but the NLRA and the ability for employees to talk about their wages. Can you just talk about that a little bit for somebody who may not be aware of that? that regulation?
2: Right, yeah. I mean, it, it used to be very, very common that um, in your employee handbook that you would have a provision that says that employees are prohibited from talking about their wages with one another. Super unlawful under the National Labor Relations Act, um, and it has been for decades. But it's also been one of those things that's not been enforced at all. So Minnesota, however, passed a, a law a few years back now um, prohibiting employers from having those sorts of provisions. So. At the federal level, you know, employers should not be prohibiting employees from talking about their own wages. You can't, you you can be, prohib, you could be prohibited from talking about other people's wages, but not your own. Um, but then Minnesota passed, like I said, Minnesota passed a law several years ago and and other states have, um, a handful of other states have similar laws that say that like, you cannot prohibit employees from, from talking about uh, about their about their wages, um, so you know we we don't have that, we can't do that anymore. In in employee handbooks, it's very very clear in in, in Minnesota. The other the other issue, and when we talk about, I I didn't really touch on tra- um, pay transparency rules, but they kind of go hand in hand. and And I would say that pay transparency rules and laws that are being passed by a lot of states are, um, and by a lot I mean like. All the really liberal states, <laughs> so <laughs> you know, like Minnesota. I was looking at like Massachusetts, New Jersey, California, it's New York, and not that all these states have passed it, but but when we look at pay transparency, is probably one of the bigger um, ability. Like that that movement is um, in those states that that prohibit employers from asking about that um, from asking about. Um, prior past wage history mm-hmm. that's probably the one of the bigger movements to work toward wage equality that is huge yes. yeah because in, in in the the reason is because if somebody has historically been underpaid because they're you know a female or african american whatever it is mm-hmm. but if they're if they've been historically underpaid well it's just going to carry over and w- because employers are going to say right. well what are you making at your current right. workplace and if you're trying to be truthful, you say never, nobody's ever truthful about it. But but if you wanted to be truthful, you would say, well, I'm I'm at this. Well, the new employer's not gonna be like, and here's another fifty percent. That's just not how capitalism works. Right. You're gonna try to pay as little as possible to the to the person, you know, relatively. And and so you might say, Okay, here's another five percent and another ten percent. But if they've been underpaid by twenty or thirty percent, so you know, California's got this this rule, so you can't You can't ask about prior wage history. And I think we're going to see much more movement in the next um, handful of years from a lot of states that are going to prohibit employers from asking about past wage wage history, which, again, is very common nationally. It's
1: just part of recruiting and talent. So is there going to be the ability to ask a range? I mean, I I just I know from the recruiting world, if... You know, we'll just say a hundred thousand dollars is kind of where you can pay somebody, but they're expecting three hundred, you wanna find that out or you know, well, is, is you can you can for sure disclose what you're paying.
2: so if you're if you're using if you're bracketing wages, if you have classifications and you're paying you know fifty to seventy thousand dollars for this job and at this classification, you can for sure tell employees and and uh, you know we have to look at every state's gotta you know the states that are looking at this pay transparency, these um you know restrictions on on asking um, have to look at and understand those specific laws. But there probably is some ability. There's certainly the ability to say, like, this is what we pay. Is that going to be a problem? Right.
0: And or just asking the employee, what are your expectations? You know, what are what are you looking for? And in the example that you gave, Mike, if the employee's like, well, I'm looking for two hundred and fifty thousand, and the employer's like, Well, I'm sorry, that falls outside of our range. You know that. That is a a lawful conversation. For sure. Yeah.
2: Yeah. W- right. It, it's just where where the restrictions get into is okay. What are you currently making? Making. Sure. Right. Yeah. What have you made at your last four jobs listed on the the application? Again, right. this is very common information that that employers ask on on applications. Applications. Yeah.
1: Well, and employers check that too, don't they? I, if I remember correctly, I had a um, an employee that had put down a certain number for compensation and then they checked it with the employer and it didn't add up and they took away the offer.
0: As part of like a
1: reference check or? Yeah, so is that, would that go away then? In those states, I mean, that that
2: sort of practice would, again, that sort of inquiry would be prohibited. And and again, we'd have to look at the law to say, well, when can you, um, if at all? Can you e- ever look at wage history? Probably not. I yeah. mean, I think the whole concept is that we just don't need to know, right? Because really, and and honestly, why do you need to know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, and The only reason you need to know is because to lowball them to low to pay <laughs> as little as possible so you have more money in your budget. I mean, yeah. that's 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 capitalism. But we're trying to you know these trying to work on a historic uh, imbalance, and um, so yeah, no, probably. Probably no more, no more questions of former employers on reference checks. Yeah.
0: I think it's just a good practice, period. I mean, what an awful way to walk into an organization feeling like, ugh, like I'm not getting paid, you know, what I know that I'm worth or... Um, you know, just because they wanted to give me $5,000 right. on top of what I've made the last five years. Yeah. So I do hope that it spreads to other states as well. But if you are listening to this podcast in a state where this isn't, you know, think about your culture and the experience that you want to set for new employees that are coming into your organization and what kind of message you want to send them about um, what you believe in and how you want to treat your employees.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would think most people would want want it that way it's never a conversation I think people look forward to I, th- I think more and more so people think you pay me what you expect to pay somebody doing this job you know and, and don't take advantage of what I've made in the past because it doesn't really reflect what I'm going to do in this role so it's um interesting concept I've I haven't heard this side necessarily how it closes the gap on pay equality so that I think that piece is is really cool yeah it's newer
2: you know we're It's so new and there's so little, there's so few states that are, that are doing this now. Um, But I think it's one of the tools toward, toward working toward pay equality. Mm -hmm. We'll see. I think we'll
1: see over time. Well, Kevin, thank you so much for providing another compliance update for our listeners. Um, Tell everybody how they need to hold you if they, if they need to. Sure. Yeah.
2: You're welcome to call me directly at uh, 651-389-5007. Um, otherwise, email. I check emails. Uh, and my email is uh, k, like Kevin Mosher, M-O-S-H-E-R, at uh, co, com. And you're on LinkedIn. Are you on? Actually, yeah, LinkedIn. Got my, my LinkedIn profile out there. Happy to connect with anybody. Great.
0: Great. Thanks, Kevin. Yep. Thanks. Thanks for listening to this episode of What the HR. If you want to hear more episodes like this, be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or whatever platform you're listening through now. If you enjoyed the podcast, do us a favor and share with your network, your boss, your CEO, help us get the podcast in front of anyone who wants to know what HR looks like when it's done well. Also, if you have suggestions for show topics or people you'd like us to interview, please email Mike and I at podcast at tcshrm.org. That is podcast at tcshrm.org. If you want to find out more about Twin City Sherm or upcoming events, Please visit our website at tcsherm.org. You can also follow us on LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Finally, if you're not already a member of Twin City Sherm, please use the code WhatTheHR at checkout to receive twenty dollars off your membership. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next episode.